If you, um, if you have your copy of Scripture, I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of John. John's Gospel, chapter 14. Just reading a couple of verses here. Verses 15 to 17. John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. We are uh, on part three of our series simply called What We Believe, and uh, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about uh, the first couple parts of the Trinity, God the Father and Jesus Christ, our Savior. And this week, uh, you will be aware that we're talking about Holy Spirit, our Comforter. And um, next week, uh, if you just want to prepare for that, we're talking about uh, the Bible as God's Holy Word and uh, exploring some about that. We are talking this week about uh, the Holy Spirit. The part of the Trinity that we probably talk the least about, but has been there, as we said from uh, the very beginning, is always God uh, as part of uh, the Trinity, uh, was there from the very beginning of creation. Uh, In fact, throughout the Bible, from beginning to end, we find scripture references to uh, the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to, uh, don't worry, we're not going to look at every single book of the Bible and every scripture reference uh, with the, the Holy Spirit. But we are, again this week, going to cover quite a few different uh, scriptures, and so we want you to, uh, to be able to write those down and um, uh, explore that throughout the week and continue to look at some of these great uh, scriptures and teachings on uh, the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me read for you just these couple verses from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. John chapter 14, verse 15 says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Let's just pray. God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity together to to open your word and to to learn together, to be challenged by your Holy Spirit this morning. And God, as we uh, learn more about uh, the person and work and ministry and gifts of your Holy Spirit, we pray, God, that we be ever drawn into your love and your grace as we learn more of who you are. God, you are simply amazing. In fact, I find I cannot find the word to describe you. You are so amazing. And God, it's been such a blessing as a church to be able to look some through your scriptures of just who you are and all that you do for us. We know it and we experience it. But God, it, it's energizing and it's revitalizing to just know who you are as the awesome God that we serve. God, help us to honor you in all we do now. God, speak through me to challenge the heart of your church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We're talking about three main things uh, today. Uh, one is the, the person of the Holy Spirit, kind of who or what is the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, one is the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and then uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we'll talk, first of all, some about uh, who is the, uh, the Holy Spirit. Who's the, the person of the Holy Spirit? Now, we recognize, first of all, as we've already, uh, already acknowledged, that the Holy Spirit is divine, is God. Uh, and as part of uh, the Trinity, as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, was with God from the, the very beginning. We see in uh, the creation story in Genesis how the, the Spirit, or uh, the Hebrew word for uh, Spirit was Ruah, uh, which was 
hovering over uh, the waters and bringing shape and form to that which was, uh, was void and was nothing. And we see the story beginning in Genesis 1, verse 2, how the Spirit helped God in working in creation uh, was there from the very beginning. We need to recognize that the Spirit, when the Scriptures speak of the Spirit, it's more than just a symbol of God. It's more than just a dove or uh, a symbol of peace. It's more than just an influence. Now, the, the Holy Spirit does this. This is part of the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit can have influence on us and, and lead us, but it's not exactly who He is. The Holy Spirit is more than just power. In uh, the New Testament, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says the Holy Spirit comes on them uh, with power. But we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is more than just a symbol of who God is. It's more than just influence of God. It's more than just, uh, more than just the power that comes on. Uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, a representation of God and uh, is divine and needs to be recognized as such. But we also recognize the Holy Spirit is personal. There are many references, especially in the New Testament, about uh, when the Holy Spirit is referred to um, as he or him uh, using personal pronouns, recognizing that uh, there's a personal connection with, uh, with the Holy Spirit. Part of that even uh, is that the Holy Spirit lives with us. Now, John chapter uh, 14 here in verses 15 to 17 is a great passage talking about the Holy Spirit living within us and how we know Him. The, the world doesn't understand Him because they can't see the Holy Spirit. They don't understand because they don't feel maybe that influence in their life. But it says, you know Him because He lives with you and is in you. This is a great passage because uh, there are some good connector words in, uh, in the Greek language which uh, help us understand some of how the Holy Spirit works in our life. In... Um, Verse 16, forever, uh, for example. Verse 16 says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate or a counselor to help you and to be with you forever. This word with, when it says with you, is the word para, which means uh, to be around or uh, to be in the presence of. He will be with you forever. But verse, uh, verse 17 also has the word with, but it's a different word. So Greek's confusing for you. Uh, a couple of different words for the word with. The first means he will be in your presence. He will be around you at all times. Verse 16 says he will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. This second word for with uh, is the word meta, which means uh, companionship. He will be with you, not only around you, but he will be with you as your companion. And then the word in, in that there will be an indwelling in that the Holy Spirit of God lives within the heart of every believer. It allows us to have communion and to have fellowship with God. At the very moment you decide to repent of your sins and to give your heart to God and ask Jesus into your heart, what happens is that God forgives you of your sin. The blood of Jesus purifies us and justifies us from all that sin, wipes the slate clean, just as if we'd never sinned. And the Holy Spirit fills your empty heart to live in the heart, in your heart, all the days of your life. And the Holy Spirit 
guides us through all the days of our life until our spirit goes on to be with heaven or until Christ returns to call his children home. Let's talk a little bit about the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want to recognize that the Holy Spirit has a work of uh, conviction and leading people to new life. John chapter 3, I challenge you to read this a bit later today. John chapter 3, especially verses 1 to 13, starts talking about a rebirth or a new birth. And uh, Jesus is talking with a man named Nicodemus who was a, uh, an educated man. And he's talking, Jesus is saying, uh, you must be born again. Now Nicodemus says, well, surely a man's not expected to go back into his mother's womb and be uh, born again or reborn. But the scriptures there say that um, man must be born not only of, of water, which is the physical birth, but born of the Spirit, in which the Holy Spirit leads to repentance and that need for salvation. It's in John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus says there needs to come a point in your life where you decide, yes, I've been born physically, but I want that new life that Christ can give to me. The Holy Spirit leads us to that point where you say, you know what? I've lived a life that's wrong and I need forgiveness for that and I want to choose uh, the life that God has for me, the abundant life, the joyful life. And He convicts our hearts. And, and many of you have experienced that in the past where you've come to a point where you've realized, you know what? I need that Savior. I need God's love and grace. I need that peace and fulfillment. I need that love that never ends. The Holy Spirit leads us to that point, convicting our heart and allowing us just to, to yearn for God and leads us to the God who brings peace, who brings salvation. The Holy Spirit not only does that, there's not only the act of, of uh, I mean, his, his act of salvation and working within leading us to the salvation that comes from the uh, faith in God through Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit continues to work within Christians and those who believe to lead us in how to live, to instruct us in life and to continually um, continue to lead us to what is right. The Bible um, refers this process over and over of learning to be more and more like Jesus and trying to live our lives in a way which is pleasing to Him. The Holy Spirit guides us in that. Some would call that sanctification and that he's continually saving us uh, into that better life, continually leading us to that better life as, um, as we try to follow God's will and God's way. The Holy Spirit guides us as he's living within our heart to live that life which is, um, which is pleasing to him and honoring to him, to lead us to that conviction of that need for grace when we go down the wrong path and to lead us in what is right. It's a beautiful story in um, John chapter 4, verse 1 to 15 of the, uh, the woman at the well, as we've commonly come to know it. As Jesus is sitting there with this, um, this woman, or he's sitting at the well side, and the woman comes up and he asks her for a drink. And um, she, Jesus talks to this lady and he says, look, if you'd realized who has just asked you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink, and he would give you living water. 
And she said, well, you know, how are you going to uh, give me any water? You've got no bucket. The, the well is deep. And Jesus said, whoever <coughs> believes in him, streams of living water uh, can, uh, can flow from them. And he begins to talk to this lady about her life. As she begins to recognize or realize that this man, there's something different about him. And uh, the spirit at work in Jesus is convicting this lady of her sin. And John 4 challenges us. The scriptures here in John 4 challenge this lady as Jesus is talking with her. And she talk, he asks her a few questions and says, you know, where's your husband? Well, she said, well, I, I don't have a husband. But Jesus takes it further than that. He says, look, that's right. You don't have a husband. You've had lots of husbands. And the man you're living with now is, is not your husband. And she recognizes that all of a sudden this man knows me completely. He knows what I've done. He knows the wrong I've done. And yet he's still hanging out. With, he's still taking time to, to fellowship with me. And he leads her to a better life. Now, when this lady gives her... You know, it doesn't express that there's a moment in this, in this verse, uh, in this reference in John 4. It doesn't express that there's a moment where, well, then she made a decision to give her life to Christ. But this lady, after this experience with Jesus, after him leading her in how to live her life, after him saying, if he just trusts in him, you can know uh, the living water. She runs off and tells everyone Come and see a man who's told me everything I've ever done. Come and meet this man, Jesus. And he affirms that he has changed my life. He knows where I've been. He knows what I've done. And he accepts me and he loves me. She says, surely you're a prophet. But Jesus says, look, there, there comes a time. She tried to trick him a little bit and said, look, Who's right here, the Jews who worship in one or others? And Jesus said, look, there comes a time, and maybe even today, when people aren't going to truly worship Jesus no matter where they are. But he who truly, God is the Spirit, and those who worship Him worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Spirit works within the life of believers to lead us in how to worship Him, to lead us in how to live. The Spirit also shares God's love throughout all our life to bring peace to bring a joy even when circumstances may seem to be against us John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 is this great passage about streams of living water when Jesus says anyone who believes in me streams of living water will flow from an ever pouring and never ending stream of life it's a reference to the Holy Spirit in fact, the, the, the next verse, only verse 40, says he was talking about the Holy Spirit here. Now, the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. That was in uh, the book of Acts. We see the story of when the Holy Spirit first comes after Jesus left. As he said in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going to go. And as I go, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Spirit to be with you. And he does that. And Jesus said, anyone who believes in me will have streams of living water that just continually flow. A life flood that just flows through to give peace to give assurance. God's presence is with us through the working of the Holy Spirit throughout all of our life. And oh, how that changes things. 
we talked about before in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. How that, that fruit is evident, I mean, the Spirit's indwelling is evident in our life because of the fruit that comes out. It says, if the Spirit of God is within you, that produces a good fruit. And that fruit is, is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These sort of fruit, this fruit will be evident in our life because God's love continues to shine up. Now, it doesn't promise in these verses, in verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5, it doesn't say when you follow God and the Spirit of God is in your heart, then everything's going to work out for you. It doesn't say when you follow God with your life and the Spirit of God is in your life, then all of a sudden you're going to have everything you ever wanted. All of a sudden, no sickness is ever going to touch you. No harm will ever come to your family. Your finances will, will always be sorted. God doesn't promise this in the Scripture, but He does promise us that no matter what we face, no matter the, the good, the bad, or the ugly, He will be with us. His presence will be, uh, he will be ever-present in our life. He will not only be around us, but will be in fellowship with us and have companionship with us. For the Spirit of God is in our hearts. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who God's very presence walks with us and talks with us. We have a living God to, who continues to give life and hope and grace. Now, as I grew up on this little farm in the hills of Kentucky, we used to go walking in the, uh, the woods or uh, the bushes, you'd say. And as we went walking in the woods looking for cows, inevitably, who were, were out, we would walk uh, for an hour or so off of the, uh, away from the house, and we'd be deep in the, the woods. And you'd get down there and think, man, I'm thirsty. Now, we never didn't have, we didn't have a bottle of water or anything that I could take with me. But um, what I'd do when I got down to this lowest, one of the lower parts in the, uh, uh, the woods, is I knew where a natural spring was. Now, this natural spring just had the best water you can imagine. What you had to do, you climbed up this uh, valley. I mean, these two hills are coming down. You climbed right up the middle. You had to climb over some rocks and over some fallen trees and things like that. When you got to the top there, if you got all the leaves and you just shoved them off, like grabbed them off of this rock, there was a big flat rock there coming out of the, out of the, the hillside. And as you cleaned all of these leaves off that were wet, you would see this water coming up. And if you gave it just a moment for that, uh, you know, the dirt and stuff to clear, you would see this beautiful, clear water. And you could put your mouth down and get the most refreshing drink you could ever imagine. In fact, one, one year, uh, my sister was... Um, doing a science project with water. She was a little nerdier than I was. Uh, I was bad enough, but she decided she was going to test all this water. And um, she tested uh, the city water in the little town of Williamsburg. And she tested uh, the pond water, which was just outside our barn. And she tested that natural spring water. And um, the natural spring water uh, came in first and was a, this clearest, pure water. In fact, they were amazed at... Um, at how clear and, uh, and good and healthy this water was. Second came uh, the pond water that the cows and stuff drank out. And uh, the un most unhealthy water was the, the city water in the, the town that everyone was drinking. So 
We were glad that we weren't on the city water. We had our own well and we're drinking that. But the beauty of this stream is that it was almost invisible. Unless you knew where this spring was, you couldn't get that refreshment. Because if you looked at the, the hillside there and you looked at the valley up toward the spring, all you'd see is brokenness. You see broken, fallen down trees. You see the leaves that have fallen and just covered the ground. It's all just kind of a mess. It didn't look like anything was there. But when you knew where to go, you could walk up and you could clear all that up and you saw the beauty of this clear stream coming out. The Spirit is often like that in our life. In that to the world, these situations still face, we, we're still forced to face these situations in life that just seem to, to cover us over. And they seem to, we seem to be covered in sometimes the, the mud or the leaves or whatever that is in life that just kind of blocks our path. But underneath all of that, you can go, you know what, underneath all this, the mud and the, the leaves and the things that have fallen, the brokenness that is around is life. Underneath all that is, is this beautiful, pure life. God doesn't promise us in His Word, really, that if we trust Him, everything's just going to be a bed of roses. He does promise that He's come to give us life and life more abundantly. Jesus said, The thief comes but to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And the Spirit works within our life to bring that gentle peace, the gentle life that just keeps on flowing out, even though it seems like we're, we're, we're undercover, we're, we're covered over with all of the, the wrong or the difficulties. God continues to bring life and peace. And when you move all that aside, you say, you know what? This well's not dried up. When you get under a few layers, there's, there's wet leaves, there's life under here. There is peace under here. And when people look at our lives and say, you know what? The Spirit works within our hearts so much so that when others look at our life, they say, you know what? Why are you not overcome? Why have you not been worn down by all this stuff? Why have you know, just not dried up and withered up and gone away? And when they uncover the things underneath all that as a foundation for our lives, they find life and peace and purity. For the Spirit works within us to continually bring life. A, a life stream of living water that just continues to flow, ever pouring and never ending stream of life. Now, the Holy Spirit not only works in our heart, but also gifts each of us as believers. The Holy Spirit gives many gifts, and there's a few different references to some of the uh, gifts of the Spirit. We find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. Now, I know 1 Corinthians 13 is kind of the passage of love, but 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. It's talking about the different gifts of the spirits and how to use those all in a way which is honoring to God, following in the love of God. We also find a great list in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 6 to 8. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 and 11, we talk about the spirit and how the spirit gives gifts to the Christians and how we are to use those. Now, none of these things are an exhaustive list. They're not listing every single way that the Spirit gifts people, but it's saying there are different ways that each of us are gifted and we are to use those together as a church in a way which is pleasing to God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 or 7 says, To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And I believe the word each simply means every believer in Christ Jesus has been given a gift that is to be used for the church. Each of these gifts are given by God and distributed by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 says, God ordained the parts of the body just as He intended them to be. The Spirit of God works within us to give us different gifts, to bless us in a way which is for the common good, to be used for the benefit not of the person but for uh, the church. Now some may be gifted with a uh, uh, beautiful voice or beautiful ability to, um, uh, to play instruments. Now some people, they, they work hard and this is just something that they've, they've really put in an effort. And some people, they are just gifted musicians. There are some of us that no matter how many hours we keep playing, you might be able to play a song, but it doesn't sound anything like some of these do when they play. Some people are gifted uh, with music. Some people are gifted uh, with bringing out God's Word. Some people are gifted in, in prophecy. Uh, some are gifted in, in hospitality. Some are gifted in, in different ways. In fact, we're each gifted. Many are gifted in different ways, but we're to use that for the benefit of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 talks about the different gifts uh, that are given and says all of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. God doesn't bless us with uh, the different gifts to use to bring us honor, to bring us glory, to bring us money or to bring us finances. God says, I will take care of you. You just trust in me. But I've given you a gift to use with the other gifts that are in the church. I've given you a gift to use as part of the body. Now, we talked about the church before and the body of Christ. Uh, some maybe hands or feet, whatever that might be. Uh, Paul often uses the body to talk about the church in that we are different parts. We have different roles, different giftings, but we have to, use, we have to work together as one. We have to work together as His body, following Him, Christ Jesus as the head. And the Spirit works in giving out these gifts to all those who believe. When we give our heart to Christ, we ask God into our, our, our life and, and we trust Him with it, the Spirit works within us to, to give us gifts. Now, some of you may say, mm, I don't know, he's, he must have missed me somewhere in the mix. I'm not very gifted at all. I want to say you are. God has given each of us a gift. Now, we can, we can help one another uh, learn what these gifts are and we can sometimes see these gifts in one another before you recognize it in yourself. We need to be encouraging each other uh, to discover these gifts. We need to be looking in God's Word together and how we can uh, recognize these gifts and bring these out and encourage one each other in the faith. We are gifted in different ways, but God has called us together to work together as one church. And I, I'm a firm believer that if God challenges us to go into a certain ministry or a certain on mission for Him in a certain community, He blesses us with all the gifts we need to do that work. He gives it to us in the people in which we're called uh, to serve amongst. Some of you do things differently. Some of you are gifted in different ways than I am. And I'm so thankful for that. Because part of my role is not to do it all, but to call on those who are gifted in that area. The role of the pastor is not to do all of the work of the church, but part of the role of the pastor is to, to lead, uh, use the giftings uh, that, that God has blessed me to try to lead each other as a church lead us together 
in ministry, using our own unique gifts and talents, whatever that might be, to work together as a church. Now, sometimes we have a lot of gifts that we're just not working together. We're not using them together. We have a lot of different people who are gifted in one area and they're using that over here and some are gifted in a different area and they're using that over here. But we're, we're working against each other instead of against. We need to work together as the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has gifted us in such a way that we can accomplish the work that He's called us to do. He can accomplish that through us as we are willing just to say, God, we want to recognize You have given us all gifts as a church. You have blessed us, God, with everything we need to do Your work Now, God, we trust you. Lead us, God, in how to do that together. Lead us, God, in how to encourage each other and support each other to develop these gifts and to mature these gifts to be used in a godly way to bring Him honor and glory. And oh, I hope that we come to a day in which God is so exalted, God is so so lifted up within the fellowship of the church God is so honored in the way we're using our gifts and talents and, and, and so blessed by the way we're just willing to bow at His feet and say, God, we're yours. Use us. I pray that we come in such a way that we're honoring God in that way so much that people just look at what God is doing and they are, God is honored and God is glorified. Because I want to say, when the church surrendered to Him, And they say, God, you have gifted us. You have blessed us. God, use us together as your church. Work through us, God. We are yours. We surrender to you. The Holy Spirit works within us to bring us to to, uh, continually guide us toward maturity in our faith. He works within us to bring us unity and strength through the bonds of peace and grace. And the Holy Spirit works within the hearts to convict hearts and lives in our community to draw them closer to God. God does the work. God does the healing. The Holy Spirit works in lives to convict hearts and lives. He does the mission and ministry. All we have to do is be willing to go, to be willing to serve together as a church. The work of the Holy Spirit was summarized, I think, best by G.H. Morling, which Morling College was named after. Many of you may have read some of his works on the Holy Spirit, but I love his summary of the Holy Spirit in this. He says, The Holy Spirit works on a life until that life until that life has excluded him. The Holy Spirit works on a life and leads into a God until it's on that life has excluded him. The Holy Spirit works in a life in rebirth, in regeneration, as we're saying that not only born of the water of the natural birth, but of the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit works through a life as an ever-ending spring. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity with all uh, the power and authority. Uh, this is part of God. He stirs in our hearts, the hearts of all those who, don't yet, <coughs> who haven't yet come to know Him, convicting us of sin, showing us a need for our Savior in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit works within the hearts of Christians, of believers in in Christ Jesus, always leading us in God's ways and letting us know when we are ever outside of God's path or God's will and leads us back to God. The Holy Spirit distributes gifts to every believer, to every Christian, interprets God's word for our hearts and helps us to serve God with one another. 
in sweet fellowship of the church. Maybe Maybe you're here today and you felt the movement of the Holy Spirit on your heart. Not a screaming voice, but a gentle nudging of the heart in the direction of God. And you know that you need to get things right with God. Then I want to ask that you just follow Him today. Maybe you want to give your heart to God and trust Him with your life. You want to ask Jesus into your life and you say, You know what, I want the Holy Spirit to work within me. I want this blessing of the gifts so that we can use it in the work of the church. I need God's peace. I need that forgiveness. I need that hope. It's all here for you today. God is here for you today. Maybe you're here and you want to recommit yourself to Him. He's never left. And we'll find the moment you decide to turn to Him, He will be waiting with arms open wide to embrace you, to love you, and to share His grace with you. Maybe you're a Christian and you've never been baptized and you want to follow God with that. Maybe you want to join in membership of the church. I don't know what it is. But if God is dealing with your heart this morning, if you feel the Holy Spirit working within you and you say, it's time you make that change, it's time you make that step, then don't delay. Don't put that off. Today is the day of salvation, or today is the day to get your heart right with God. If you feel the Holy Spirit working within your heart in some way to lead you to God or to lead you back to God or to, uh, to challenge you to step out in some sort of ministry or mission, then now is your opportunity to get things right with God. Now is your time to just faithfully follow Him. I'm going to ask the, the muses, if it will, to come. And as we sing this last song, I just want to, I'll be standing down front here. If you feel God's leading in your heart in any way, this morning you feel the Holy Spirit just uh, saying to your heart, it's time you make that change. Don't delay. Follow God. And as we sing this song, I want to ask that you just come and follow God. If you want to, uh, let's all stand at this time, if you will. As we stand and sing, if you feel God just dealing with your heart, maybe you want to come down and just kneel down here and pray. Maybe you want to meet with me and uh, uh, just allow me to know what God's doing in your heart. And we'll be praying for you and uh, supporting you with that decision. We want to give you the opportunity to follow God and how He's dealing with your heart as we sing.